Hello and welcome to All Villa No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. And our defence looked like real world beaters at Goodison Park on Saturday as we survived a second half onslaught to come away 1-0 winners. We'll get to that in a moment and Frankie will also crank up the heat later on as he asks me another spicy question. But before Frankie poses me that question, it's time I check up on him. Frankie, how are things? Uh, I'm okay. I'm, I'm in a sort of middling mood at the moment, though. Um, despite Villa's win, over which we are very delighted and we'll talk about in a second, um, I have recently um, been given FIFA as a Christmas present, right? FIFA 22. And I've been playing it. And this is sort of how out of touch I am, is that like the last big console I had was a, an Xbox 360 at uni in like 2008. And online gaming hadn't really taken off by that point. Mm. So now I've got a Switch and I've been playing... FIFA in the last week and online gaming to me I'm such a like old timer out of touch person like my god I can I can actually play people online and people go to me yeah but I've been doing this for like 10 years mate so I've been playing it and the first 10 games I won right in division 10 and I was thinking like bloody hell I'm I'm I'm, I'm pretty good at this right so this is so, so just 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 to clarify you're playing other people online at that level and you're you're smashing them so these, these are basically other Frankie Maguire's out there that probably haven't touched a console for the best part of a decade. Yeah. And they're rediscovering it. You are better than them at the moment at that yeah. level. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, Division I'm 10 kidding. is like the ultimate loser level, pretty much. Three <laughs> yeah, star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm noob, noob level. Yeah. I won 10 in a row with Villa, of course, beating Bayern Munich and teams like that. Um, swept them aside. And then uh, got all the way up to Division 6. And then suddenly it's just all fallen apart and like last week the other day i got beaten by some guy called john something 2012 and he absolutely destroyed me and i thought about it i was like 2012 are you meaning to tell me i've just been comprehensively outplayed by someone who was born in the year 2012 so basically (laughs) a nine or ten year old um just Very imagine possible. like real life football where like it'd be me managing the team on the sidelines, just looking to my side and there's the, the little gaffer just in his little suit, like <laughs> to, outwitting me, like putting my attacking four throw three three to the sword. Like so that's been a discovery. Are you like the online equivalent of Swindon Town? As in, you know, Swindon went up to the Premier League, yeah, and then and then lasted what one or two seasons, and then and then just and that was it. Then they just flew too close to the sun. Yeah, they've been hovering about League One and League Two for for the best part of twenty years. Is that is that is that where you are? It was one glorious season in Division Six, and I was relegated <laughs> back down to Division Seven, and now I'm sort of like fighting relegation again in Division Seven. So it's, it's I've been a bit exposed. Um, it's it's a it's a humble it's a humbling experience as well. When, when you're winning at FIFA, it's the best thing. But when you're constantly constantly losing, it's um. Oh. It, it, did you have you ever have you have you ever rage quit, Frankie? Be honest. Oh, I haven't rage quit. Yeah, I've had people <laughs> rage quit on me. Uh, I was five 0 up against Napoli, Napoli at half time yesterday. <laughs> he dis- Luca disappeared. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I like rage at the players. Like like Matt Target yesterday, like wouldn't react to the ball. I was going, for God's sake, Target, what's wrong with you? <laughs> The reality is me, but uh, <laughs> it's bringing out the worst part of my personality. I think. Yeah, I think I think I think got to, I think you probably should monitor your uh, your usage on that game, Frankie. You better be careful. The thing with the switches as well, it's mostly kids using the switch because they play mm. like Mario and all that. So I, 
like basically when I won 10 in a row, it was like the T-Rex in Jurassic Park attacking that car, you know, and he's just standing on top roaring. And those two kids are like screaming to get out. I'm just destroying some six-year-old at FIFA. And then once I've got up to the league where the 12-year-olds are playing, I'm done. I'm absolutely toast. <laughs> Well, I mean, well, I suppose you've you probably had some sort of quite entertaining games, I imagine, on on FIFA, beating uh, the likes of Bayern Munich and, and Napoli. But it it wasn't, I would say, at Goodison Park yesterday, it wasn't the most entertaining of games. It was no. pretty scrappy, wasn't it? It was. It wasn't. It wasn't one for the neutrals. It finished Everton nil, Villa one. Um, I also saw you tweeted you'd write a uh, love poem to Emmy Buendia's header. <laughs> Frankie, have you, have you finished it yet? Uh, what, and what format is it? Are we talking haiku? Is it a sonnet? What, what, what are we talking? It's a Shakespearean sonnet. Um, you know, Shakespeare's <laughs> from the Midlands, and I, if it's, it's from Stratford upon Avon, so I'll say he would have been a Villa fan. Can I just can I actually just say, um, I once I saw that tweet, I actually wrote my own haiku to to Emmy Byrne. Did oh, did you? Would, would you like? Would, yeah. Would you like to? Do you like to yeah. hear it? Okay. So 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 haiku format is five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables again. Very short Japanese style of poetry. Yeah. Uh, and this is mine to Emmy Wendia. <clears throat> we all love Emmy. He's small but good in the air. We don't miss Grealish. <laughs> put put some music to it, and we've got a new chant on the uh, <laughs> on the whole end. It's good, that isn't it? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, um, thought you might. Yeah, I I, I did. I, I I'm in the process of writing my love poem. I get very carried away with it, but. Uh, Oh, what an absolutely fantastic header it was. The technique, yeah, you know. it really was, yeah. He's the, he's the best header at the club. And what is he, 5'6", five, 5'7"? Five, I, uh, I, think, I think he's 5'8". <laughs> um, yeah. Kind of like uh, like Lionel Messi, you know, similar height, fellow Argentinian. And he has an incredible heading ability when he does yeah. it. Yeah amazing at everything but... well i have i have to say it was actually quite sort of tim cahill-esque at goodison park oh yeah good, you know he, he shout, was he yeah. was never that tall but he was an incredible header of the ball um so yeah it was sort of quite reminiscent of that uh, the, everton and the technique to do it you know lovely whipped in ball from luca digne um so you know already showing signs of what he can do uh and then get it and then uh Buendia losing his man and getting to the front post and then the way he twisted his neck to be able to sort of um, turn the ball back over the keeper. And I think Pickford's touch actually took it over Townsend's uh, yeah. head as well. But oh, just an absolutely amazing technique um, and reflective of his um, recent form, Wendy. Uh, he's really come alive at Villa. The Man United game, he was really good. Then yesterday, particularly in the first half, I thought he just looked like Villa's most confident and threatening player. Mm. Uh, and his partnership with Coutinho, um, the two of them together playing quite narrow. If they can get a run of games together, their partnership could be something that's really interesting to watch. Um, Coutinho is a skillful guy, but whereas I think Buendia, I think of as being, he's a bit, he's got a bit of a physicality to him, mm. doesn't he, Buendia? He's a bit of a fighter, which Coutinho doesn't really have. And what I like about Buendia is the way he, he backs into players, he gets his body between the ball and the, his marker. Mm. Um, and he did that. He does it every game now, and he did it against uh, uh, Everton yesterday. And when he does it, it just creates this space in front of him that he then charges into. And uh, you know, I think there's we've got a fair few lovely goals coming through him in the next uh, few months. I think you know, through from his through balls and his vision. Yeah, it was great stuff from Buendia. First half, I thought Villa were um, largely on top. Uh, I thought we were the better side. The game itself felt like a '90s battle. It felt, yeah. it felt like a bit of a throwback to the 1990s, a Duncan Ferguson game, if you will. Where yeah, it, it, was, it was sort is... of 
it was sort of missing that kind of muddy pitch, you know, yeah. the, kind of, uh, uh, the erased lines, white lines where you couldn't see, you know, whether the ball was in or out of play half the time. Yeah, it's, it did. I know what you mean. Yeah. It, the, the sort of really sort of scratched up goal mouth. Yeah, it was um, scratched up goal mouth, um, a dog running on the pitch, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, corner flag missing. It, it just, it, it like... Um, had the vibe of a real like you know playing Sunday football back in the nineties or something. It was uh, it was very a lot of it was very aerial. Uh, you know, balls in the air a lot. Um, it was a real battle in a very narrow midfield. Uh, Ducore, um, you know, putting a lot of physical pressure on our players. But I thought we I thought first half we were by far the better team to be honest. Um, in the sense that we looked more threatening. Everton, I don't think created a single thing. And I thought second half, I thought, you know, I hoped that Everton would like, you know, crank up the pressure a bit, but that we would um, be able to then find gaps in there in, in, as they started pressuring us. So maybe in the last 20 minutes, but that's not what happened. Second half really rode our luck, to be honest. I'm amazed Calvert-Lewin didn't take uh, that chance that was whipped into him by Anthony Gordon. Mm. Their subs, Alan and Gordon made, made a huge difference. Gordon particularly looked really good and Alan just held on to the ball in midfield. And um, it's almost like collectively we decided we're just going to, we're going to defend almost. We're just going to defend the lead. And uh, so going forward, that was a real concern where I think if Everton had scored, they'd have gone on probably to get a second. And if we'd have lost that game, we'd have all been coming out of it going, why the hell couldn't we hold on to the ball going forward? So that's definitely something to look at. And it's again, it's that issue of a lack of consistency over 90 minutes, which we seem to have at the moment. But overall, look, we won 1-0. The defence held out extremely well in the second half. Full credit, I think, to all the back five. Let's be honest, Martinez, Tyrone Mings, Concer, Cash and uh, Digne. Uh, particularly uh, Cash, I would say. He got man of the match, I saw yeah. from um, BT Sport. And uh, I think it's fair enough. I, I personally thought Buendia just for the goal and his first half performance. But Cash overall um, had a really good display. So, yeah, I mean, what about you? Do you think we should knight? Uh, or there should be knighthoods in the post for all of our defenders? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think so. I think that's the only sensible um, uh, and reasonable reward for their performance yesterday. Um, it was, it was uh, as I predicted actually last week. I did think it was going to be kind of a gritty, uh, low in quality match. I think in the I think I predicted one all, didn't I? And, and yeah. um, I think we, we we did ride our luck a little bit in the second half to stop uh, Everton equalising, but. I think the fact that we did made it well worth the, the win, to be honest. It was one of those games where it felt like a goal was only going to come from a set piece. And obviously, so, it yeah. proved, you know, I saw, saw obviously a couple of tweets about Austin McPhee now proving his worth uh, once more. It's it's a good thing we hung on to him. We really are improving over the course of the whole season. I know we had a bit of a blip uh, earlier in the season in terms of um, set pieces not quite working for us in terms of both uh, offensive and sort of defensive structures mm. but um they they're working now uh and uh we've got yeah, we've got nine set piece goals this season nine we're second best in the league behind liverpool yeah, we have mean, 11 so it's yeah, that's that's surely proves his worth doesn't it absolutely absolutely so so yeah so that's um that's uh, looking good um when the lineup was announced i think it's looking at it in terms of uh what could we we could possibly have had uh, excusing injuries? It's, it's the strongest lineup, to be honest. Yeah. Um, with, with marvelous Nakamba injured, I, I saw uh, yesterday evening after the game we've been sort of quite strongly linked with uh, Bentacur at Juventus. Yeah. To kind of fill in that 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 marvelous Nakamba number six uh, position. You know, Uruguayan, rangy, tall, physical. You know, I think I think he is the type of player that we might sort of need to play there. Um, Uruguay and another another South American, frankly. I know how cool is that? We're proper we, we, international. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, we might we, we 
we might as well host the next Copper America in Birmingham. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be easier for everyone, save on the air miles. Um, yeah, so so that that could be an interesting um, an interesting uh, signing, and I'm sure we'll talk about him in a bit later in the in the show. Um, yeah. It was it, it was great to see Coutinho's start. You know, obviously having such an important impact as a substitute against Man United. Um, as you mentioned, linked up really well with Buendia. Both played in that number ten role, kind of tight behind. Watkins um mm. and, he, and he played well I thought you know decent header forcing a save from Pickford that led to the corner which ultimately led to the goal you know re- good shift 70 minutes or so and that will do him in the world of good in terms of getting him up to speed and fitness you know Watkins up on his own as we as we wanted to see him he had a couple of yeah. decent chances um you know I think I think he probably needs the consistency in a run of playing on his own without yeah. ease there that's exactly uh, it. Yeah, and, he does. And, and having and having that consistent front three of Buendia, Coutinho, Watkins, just stick with that that front three for a while. Just let them um, let them get used to how each other uh, how how they all play with each other because I think that is our our strongest front three. And then you know, great to see McGinn back after his uh, suspension. You know, as industrious as ever, herring around, putting in tackles. You know, I, I think I think McGinn. Uh, McGinn's performance was kind of indicative of the match of a, as a whole. He was he was just sort of yeah, really exactly, sort yeah. of blood and thunder committed, really kind of riling up both Villa and Everton fans. Yeah. Um. So so he was he was great, and you know, well worth a new contract if we are offering him one. You know, lots of speculation about him uh, joining Emmy Martinez in signing a long term deal at Villa Park, which would be great because you know yeah. I think Gerard intimated he wants to build a team around uh, around McGinn. So offering him a, a new deal is 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 really important. Uh, uh, what else did I notice? It wasn't, you know what? It wasn't a great ad for Kappa, <laughs> Kappa shirts. I mean, both both Ramsey and Dina both had their shirts uh, ripped, but again, kind of <laughs> yeah. summed up summed up the game uh, as a whole. Really kind of physical. And and as you mentioned, Frankie, you know, Villa, Villa teams of old in that sort of game with with the with the heat turned on in the second half would have crumpled. You know, I, oh, I was yeah. I was I yeah. was thinking, you know, is this going to be a you know Wolves game from earlier in the season again, yeah. where you know we we concede late on and then just. Keep can't stop the torrent of goals um but uh but there wasn't any of that we all defended as a team and uh, that was that was for me probably the most um pleasing thing to see the fact that we even though you know we weren't offering much of an attacking threat in the second half that we all, we all pitched in defensively and we prevented everton from getting the equalizer and walked away with the three points so um you know it was it wasn't the best of games to watch yeah but it was it was pleasing in terms of seeing everyone working really hard for the three points and I think it will do wonders for for team morale you know winning winning a game like that away at Everton is um you know it's it's a really good result yeah no it's a we seem to have it over Everton at the moment which is quite you know we look at other sort of the the major Premier League teams that have been there a long time I guess and most of them we have a pretty abysmal record against you know United and um going back 20 years Arsenal uh Tottenham even recent times seem to have a terrible record against them but Everton for some reason we seem to have a lot of really big victories over them. Since we came back to the Premier League, we've beaten them quite a few times. And uh, second time in a row, one at Goodison. Back in the day, Merson's big volley, you know, goal mm. in the last minute. And then Ashley Young's the greatest moment of my life, 93rd minute winner. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So just have, yeah, we just seem to have it over Everton a little bit at the moment. But yeah, um, Ollie Watkins is an interesting one to mention. I thought yesterday Coutinho and uh, Buendia were very narrow. And then obviously Dinier and Cash were very far forward, particularly in the first half. That, so it was like a front five almost. I really like it. And obviously I think over time it will get better. 
Um, I think you're exactly right. I think Watkins needs a run of games. It's been a weird season for him. I think signing Danny Ings in the first place was probably a bit of was a bit of a weird moment for him because if Villa had signed someone like Patson Dacker, for instance, who Leicester signed, that to me would have made a lot of sense in the sense you're going like right, we now have a, 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 a an established backup for Watkins who can come in and you know if Watkins isn't fit or isn't firing. Dakar can come in and do do the job and is a good player and will score goals. Whereas Ings is more of a like what saying to Watkins, oh, well, that's a big signing. He's probably the highest earner at the club. Mm. He's an established player. Like, I'm not sure what that's saying to Watkins. Like, well, you're not I'd guarantee starter anymore. And then on top of that, he was injured, the COVID stuff. So he hasn't really been able to get a run of form going this season yet. I think he just needs five games, him, Coutinho, and Buendia playing together. Forming some partnerships. I think Coutinho and Buendia, I think it can, you know, there could be an argument they're too similar a player and that you need someone else there. But I, I think it can work with those two. Get them playing together and then Watkins, just give him five games. Let him get, you know, a bit, you know, some bad form out of the way. I mean, his first touch doesn't look hugely confident at the moment. Yesterday, uh, he had some really good moments, particularly when the ball was hit over the top. He scared Yerry Mina and he held the ball up nicely at times. But I think there's just a couple of occasions where he thought his first touch wasn't quite at it. Mm. Give him a run of games, him, Buendia and Coutinho. Just, that's the front three. And just let, let Watkins get his goal because he will. And once he gets it, I think that's when he'll, kind of like when Jacob Ramsey got his goal against Arsenal, suddenly Ramsey's now getting assists. He's getting goals. And it, it'll be one of them moments, I think, for Watkins. He just needs to get that goal out of the way. And then I think we'll it'll be all right. Um, but I, for me... That's our front three now. But one thing I would bet, you know those YouTube sites or YouTube, those Twitter sites that are like called like crap nineties football. Yeah. And you know how it's like the ball just bounces up and down, up in the air, like constantly. And it's just be, like there's no technique at all to it. It was yeah, like yeah, yeah. It was a little bit fun. like that yesterday, wasn't it? I was expecting like dads on the sideline to be screaming like in Sunday league at the kids. Second ball <laughs> yeah. winner. Yeah, it, it did. It did feel a bit like that. It was. It was just so bogged down in the in the midfield, and and obviously with Duncan Ferguson returning and his first game back as uh, as as um, as interim manager, um, you know he would have he would have wanted his team to play like he did as a player, which is you know high intensity, aggression, physicality, um, just, just going for every single ball. Uh, and because we, we had, we had a really tight midfield, you know, as I said, with those, with those narrow number tens and, and, uh, the likes of Luis McGinn, Ramsey sort of quite tight behind them too. Um, it just meant that whenever the ball went through the middle, it was just, a, <laughs> it was carnage. Yeah. Like it was just bouncing off about sort of five players and God knows where it was going to end up. So, I mean, what I would say about going back to your point about Buendia, he is a player who's very good in those sort of tight spaces. There were, there were a couple of times when he was surrounded by two or three Everton shirts uh, and he managed to sort of skip away from them and, and, and find that space. I think he did that when he had that, the first kind of shot on target that tested Pickford. Hmm. Um, you know, he is that sort of skillful player that can, that can do that. But as I said, you know, with, with the formation that we do play with that very tight um, central midfield unit, I think there's going to be a few games which are going to kind of be a, li- a little bit like that because uh, obviously yeah. all of all of our, our all of our space and width comes from Cash and Dina, uh, they who played who played actually so far wide, <laughs> you know they were they were literally on the touchline, weren't they? Both of them uh, either got, side of the pitch. I've got my so. new nickname for Dina. Yes, I have a nickname for all the players. I call him the pilot because he's just flying <laughs> up and down the wing. He's flying up and down the wing. He is. And he, he looks a bit like a fighter pilot you know that he perfect did, yeah, quaffed air it's like he someone does. who's just been like you know on a 
on a mission and come back to save the day. Speaking of uh, aerial attacks, what did, what did you think of the, uh, the the bottle throwing incident? That was that was quite yeah. an ugly uh, an ugly scene, wasn't it? Really. Well, well, I think they should get an extra five years in jail for it. Daring to hit the face of the beautiful Matty Cash. <laughs> yeah. That's the perfect face. It's a crime in itself, he, isn't he's, it? He's the most beautiful man in Poland. Uh, <laughs> his poster on every wall in Warsaw, probably. <laughs> Hitting that beautiful face, that's an extra five years. But, uh, but yeah, no, uh, obviously an absolutely disgraceful uh, incident. Um, I, just, I just don't understand it. I don't understand why fans, you know, football's passionate, all that sort of stuff. I don't understand what gets into your head that you're, you're so passionate about it that you're going to lob a a, a bottle at, at players. I don't think they did anything wrong. You know, there's a suggestion that they celebrated too close to Everton fans. I mean, give over. You know, yeah, you're, 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 you're at Goodison Park. What do you expect them to run halfway, halfway up the pitch yeah. to, to celebrate with the Villa fans? You know, it's, it, wasn't, it wasn't at the Villa end. So, so uh, you know, it's exactly. just, it's one of those things. It's, it's just one of those sort of nonsensical uh moments where you know cctv in in football grounds now is so so good that that they can they can pinpoint exactly who's doing what in a crowd and yeah and you, you this person has basically sacrificed their you know their their chance of of going to goodison park again potentially sort of but maybe even maybe even banned for life for, for what exactly just nonsense yeah so hopefully i gather arrests have been made so uh hopefully uh you know yeah they'll they'll get punished because you know you just just leave footballers alone don't throw bottles at them all villa no filler on youtube twitter facebook and instagram welcome back everybody now it is time for this It's time to heat things up now and get a bit hot and sweaty in this, the spicy question. It's here where we cover the controversial topics and get the creative juices flowing. Today, George, I'm asking you, you're Johan Langer for the next week. So practice that smile, George. Practice that happy smile he does for every photo. Now there's a knock at your door and you open it to see Steven Gerrard flanked by his 50 coaches all eyeballing you, demanding more transfers. Which position would you prioritise for Villa? God, what, what an intimidating scene that would be. Just Crikey. like there was, Gary there was McAllister fun... is pumping his fist. And... <laughs> yeah, he's like grabbed me by the neck and thrown me against the wall. Um, it was quite an iconic photo, actually, of, of uh, uh, yesterday yeah. with, with, the, with the entire... 70 or so coaching staff that they'll have at the moment uh walking walking across the Goodison Park pitch I thought it was a, it was a great photo. It, was, it was very reservoir reminiscent. Dogs. it was very reservoir dogs that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say um right well once 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 I calmed down and I've um, gathered my thoughts and caught my breath and just adjusted to this sort of quite frightening scene I think um I think we all know we all know what area of the pitch that we need strengthening particularly at the moment with the injury in that in that area of the pitch um but for, for me, it's all about sort of that that defensive midfield area. I'd also move on as well to the centre-back uh, issue, which which is also an area that we need to address. But for me, the priority in January, if possible, to get this sorted is is that is that sort of number six defensive midfielder yeah. uh, role. And um, and we've talked about this at length in previous shows. What we what we need, I think we both agree on this. Is is a bit of physicality, um, you know, a bit of an aerial threat as well, because we don't have 
uh, much height in the middle of the pitch. Um, and and we were seeing um, some uh, tweets and reports yesterday uh, from a number of reputable sports journalists saying that some um, Villa are, are in talks um, to try and seal a, a move for um, for Rodrigo Bentacur, who's yeah. um, uh, from Juventus, as I mentioned earlier, Uruguayan international. Um, he is a tall, quite rangy player. Yeah, I think he's over six foot. I think he's about six foot, six foot yeah. one or two. Um, Physically he's, imposing. He, yeah, 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 very much so. And um, you know, he's 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 quite young, but he's uh, I think he's twenty four. But he's got a number of uh, Uruguayan caps. He is he's experienced. You know, experienced playing at the highest level. Really, there there is with with Juventus, and 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 that and that continues the theme really of the players that we've been targeting. Yeah, you know, that's true. Are clearly keen. You know, even with the likes of signing Olsen uh, on loan. As a goalkeeper, you know, numerous caps, international caps for Sweden. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got Coutinho, Dinia, you know, numerous caps for France and, and Brazil, respectively. And, and as I say, Bentecourt has a number of caps for, for Uruguay. Um, I, he, he's an interesting one insofar as um, he doesn't play. He's not a first team starter for Juve. I mean, Juve yeah. being such a big team that they are, they obviously, there is a bit of rotation there, but he's not necessarily that sort of first team regular for them, which obviously uh, makes it, perhaps easier for us to try and prize him away this month. Um, the rumours are that he's worth around £16 million, which, which I mean, it's it's nothing really in this, in this day and age. Football, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, and, um, and, and yeah, he does play number six for, for, for Uruguay. I think, I think I've, I've read comments from Massimo Allegri, the Juve manager, yeah. who says that he doesn't really see him as a number six, um, yeah. which, which is interesting. I think he said, he, I think I'm, I'm paraphrasing here but he was saying that um uh you know he can play there for a match or two but he can't do it consistently yeah so it'd be interesting if gerard does see him as that number six to play there every every week game in game out how he adapts to that mm. i mean it could be one of those things where okay he might not be a number six for juve in uh seria a but he could work quite nicely as a number six in the premier league for us yeah um you never know you know different leagues play different styles so so you know I, we don't necessarily need to take Allegri's word uh, for for it um but it, but in any case we do need someone to come in and play in that role i think we've also been linked with um uh Babukar, uh kamara i think from yes. uh, marseille yeah, yeah um another another sort of quite quite young but imposing defense midfielder in france um you know if he came along obviously there'd be good uh, for Sanson, you know, one of his one of his mates from his former club coming uh, coming along. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, but yeah, I think I think defence midfield is certainly the area I would like to strengthen in. And and just to move quickly on to the other area of the pitch, and a, a, a centre back, a fourth centre back. I think Gerard's yeah. made a point of wanting to have four kind of first in the first team squad centre backs to pick from. I think it's a great uh, a great announcement earlier this week with Courtney Hawes signing an extension. Um, because you know, genuinely, who who is a better centre back in the league that is willing to to drop out and who can come in and yeah. and, and put in a good performance the way he does? Good you attitude. Know, you need players great, like that. Great attitude. Yeah. Squad players. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's 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 physical. He's athletic. He's left footed, which is quite, you know quite rare. You know, he can obviously come in and replace Mings if Mings is out of form or injured, um, which he has done on occasion and actually done 
a good job, I think, on in, in the main. Yeah. Um, so him committing to be that squad player is is really good. And so just if you wanted to, if you wanted to sell him as well, remember on that contract at some point that you could get a good fee for him. I think you know a team oh, that comes absolutely. up to Premier League, an experienced defender, Courtney Hawes. It's things like that. You know those those you know you could get maybe fifteen million for him. And fees like that suddenly start to build up. You know which yeah. with regards financial fair play. So uh, it's a good signing all around. And you know West West Ham were linked with him um, while there was that kind of. Uh, uncertainty over his future, you know. West Ham are, are doing really well in the league. You know that that's the sort of cl- if that's the sort of club that want one of our squad players, then we're doing something right, aren't we? At, at the moment, you know, centre back is we we've got Conser. I know he had a bit of an injury issue, Mings, and and we're, we're not we're not we're, we are just one injury away from a bit of a crisis at centre back if we don't find a replacement. Um, but yeah, as I said, for me, for me, it's 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 someone to come in and basically do Louise's role because he's he's not he's not a number six. He's not a defence midfielder. He's more of an eight box to box type player. So yeah, a bit of physicality in that in that area of the pitch. What what about you, Frankie? Yeah, I mean Diego Carlos from Sevilla has been linked with Newcastle um, heavily. It's clear that they have really gone in hard for him. But it was also reported this week that another Premier League club went in for him, which made me wonder was it Villa? Um, I'd say we certainly be one of the candidates um, just because yeah, it seems like we've targeted experienced players who've played at the highest level, uh, international caps, and he's one of them. So it made me think, is that, have we gone in for him? But um, overall, there's no confirmation of that. But, you know, Giovanni Capuano, an Italian journalist, has reported on Twitter uh, uh, on Sunday morning that um, uh, Villa have offered 20 million plus bonuses and that Juventus are keen on it. Um, for Bentenker, this is Rodrigo Bentenker, mm. um, because uh, they need the money to move for Dusan Vlahovic uh, from Fiorentina, oh, who's a yeah. clearly extremely talented young striker. Um, so I think you're. I think you make a good point about the type of player we're we're going for. You know, players who have played at the likes of Juventus. Um, that's it's it's a good sign that Villa if, can potentially attract a player like that. I don't think he's the uh, number six kind of Nakamba role player that we need. Uh, I think he makes me wonder what the future of players like Douglas Louise might be and Morgan Sanson, because I think he's more in that sort of profile. Um, mm. He's pro- possibly more defensive, I think, than Douglas Louise. Um, but I, I do wonder about, uh, we're going to have to sell someone at some point. And I wonder if Louise is a candidate for that. Um, I could see him at somewhere like AC Milan uh, at some point. He's, I think he's, I think he's a talented enough player for it, and he's he's got the versatility. But at the moment, it, it's just screaming out, isn't it? And it has been for a long time that that kind of defensive midfield role. Yesterday, playing Everton, uh, watching Ducore, he didn't have a great game, but there were moments where it felt like a battle because partly because he was there, he was um, he's so physically imposing. He's getting to you, and I think if he had. If you had Decoro surrounded by McGinn and Jacob Ramsey or something like that, that's quite that would be like a balanced midfield. I think mm, um, mm. that just just to not not like that. I'm encouraging like physically imposing players and all this. Like he's a good, he's also a really good footballer. He gets goals as well, Decoro. But it, it's just someone like that. I think at some point would be nice to have an option, just a player of that profile. Mm. Um, and I think Ben Tanker, you know, his statistics are very good. I'll, and I'd be very pleased with the signing, of course, because it's a big name and it's you know it's it's a good, another good sign for Villa. But uh, I wouldn't say he's necessarily the one that we absolutely need right now. Um, but I could understand it if if we went for him. It's another option. It's another player who's played at the highest level. So yeah, I'd I'd, I'd be pleased enough with it, I guess. And it looks like it's there's genuine movement there. Um, Kamara from Marseille as well. I'd be really pleased with that. He's sort of more. He's closer to the 
sort of player I think that we could do with uh, in the midfield um, just as an extra option uh, because at the moment Douglas Louise playing that role he does it well and it shows his talent you know that because that's not his natural mm. position his best position is further forward and we've the shame is at Villa we've not seen him play in that role that much mm. bizarrely but also central defence obviously I think that's another one we could do with and um, we've made another signing this uh, this month in Kerr Smith from Dundee United 17 years of age um, I interviewed Ewan Smith uh, a Dundee United reporter from uh, the Courier all about that it's on YouTube as well if you want to watch it on our channel there uh, and it's it, he's I'm really excited by that signing he, he's built like a man already Kerr Smith yeah, uh, yeah he is um, he won't walk into the first team in the next week and he, and he, like and, that, he is, and, and he is and he is a centre back isn't he? he is someone yeah, that's he's a that so yeah. you know we've got a few young centre backs we've still Swinkle as well and uh, Josh Feeney two players who are really highly rated um, so one of those you would hope comes into the first team uh, in the near future I wouldn't be surprised if we see Kerr Smith play like, on the bench within the next year so yeah and then Emmy Martinez signing his contract that could be the signing uh, the best signing we've made to be honest absolutely incredible goalkeeper I think one of the best in the world. I'd put him in my top three, top five, uh, as FIFA did, uh, to be honest. And um, it's rare that a player can build a relationship with the fans in the way he has. There's just something about him that you're like, I just love this man, you know, jumping in with the fans at United, mm. celebrating at Old Trafford when Fernandes missed the penalty, the way he winds up opposition fans by taking forever to take goal kicks. And yeah. it's just, it's the kind of like attitude, it's a kind of winning attitude Villa have not had for such a long time. Yeah. But to have a player like that who has that winning mentality, who is willing to commit and say, I'm one of the best goalkeepers in the world, but I'm signing a new contract to 2027 because I believe we will win a trophy in the next few years. Because believe me, he could play for anyone he wants. He's that good. Mm. Um, so to have a player of that profile, one of the best keepers in the world, Argentina's number one, that again is like a message to the rest of football, isn't it? Like this is the type of players Aston Villa have now. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, if you like, you know, it means something, you know, that he's on he's on Instagram with his mate Lionel Messi winning trophies for Copper at the Copper America. Because then 200 million people who follow Lionel Messi go, well, who's Emmy Martins? Who's he play for? It's Aston Villa. It raises the profile of the club as well. So, you know, even on, even on just a, a kind of a shallow level like that. So it's, it's, it's a huge move for Villa. And I think it could help us attract even more players going forward. Thank you for signing that contract, Emmy. It's great to have you at the club. Yeah, we're we're like that hot new nightclub that's just opened up on the Broad Street. <laughs> Chase you know, is in every, the office. Yeah, every, everyone's to be, yeah, you know, oh, you know, people are people are, you know, they're standing up and taking notice, you know. They're like, Where do you want to go on Friday night? Oh, I heard that Aston Villa place is actually quite decent, just opened up. Uh yeah. so uh so yeah, like, you know, I think I think we are definitely a really attractive proposition. So Hopefully, as I say, over the next seven days or so until the end of the uh, transfer uh, uh, window when it closes, you know, we'll be able to attract at least maybe one or two new players. Who knows? That was the spicy question. And both George and I would love to see a defensive midfielder joining Aston Villa in this transfer window. If you agree that Villa need to target that position or you think we should aim for somewhere else on the pitch, you can get in touch with us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram or you can email us at allvillanofiller at gmail.com. Okay, let's look ahead to Villa's next game uh, now. It's Leeds at Villa Park sometime next year, I think. It's miles away 
on February the 9th. They went and somehow lost to Newcastle on Saturday. Will they lose to Villa as well, Frankie? Yes. Uh, (laughs) uh, They've been in very random form leads. They're a very, very hard team to call uh, at the moment. They're playing players out of position a little bit. Uh, Obviously, with Calvin Phillips being out, that's a major loss for them. But even with Phillips this season, they've been uh, somewhat all over the place. But, uh, you know, that's a really poor result for them against Newcastle. Uh, I I watched the highlights of it. And to me, it looked like kind of leads were all over them for large sections of the game. And then Newcastle got their goal and they just kind of withered a bit. It could have been 2-0 after 2-3-0 after that to Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, Leeds' main threat to Villa, I think, is that because we play so narrow, um, Rafinha and Harrison down their wings, they're the two players I think that would, could do us real damage, particularly mm-hmm. Rafinha. Yeah. Um, they're both, both very talented wingers, but I think Rafinha looks to me like a player who could be it. God, if he was at Real Madrid, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, he's got that sort of ability about him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that going down the wings, if that seems to be an area where teams are targeting us and hurting us. Um, Everton tried it with the crosses into the box. Man City, when they played us, um, they just were relentless down our wings. So Bielsa is obviously a very studious coach, and I think he'll have figured that out. So that's probably where we need to be quite concerned. So our midfield... You know, likely Jacob Ramsey and McGinn will have to be quite on it as well, like covering over to stop Rafinha. Kind of like what happened last season. I remember John McGinn doing the same when he at Ellen Road when we won 1-0. McGinn coming over to support Cash anytime, or yeah, I think it was Cash anytime uh, Rafinha was uh, was attacking him. Um, so I think we need to repeat that. We obviously got battered by them last season, 3-0. Um, but I just think that... Leeds, uh, it's a bit of a second season syndrome for them, I think, at the moment. They've had a fair few injuries as well, in fairness to them. Um, it, it's, it's going to have a bit of spice. I think Leeds Villa games, ever since that uh, that incident uh, with the, them having to give us the goal uh, in the championship, it's been a bit of a tasty fixture. So I think it uh, will likely be again. But I think... Uh, you know, Dan James tends to be playing up front for them at the moment. Yeah. I'm not entirely convinced by him up front. I say yeah. that now he'll score a hat-trick against us, but <laughs> I think Concer and uh, Mings can handle him. Um, mm. I, I'm not. I'm just not sold on him as a striker. I think he's, 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 a, he's a talented player, but he's more of a winger, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then they're, uh, they've got, I think they're playing Kosh and Klitsch in, uh, in uh, defensive mid at the moment. So, can Jacob Ramsey burst through their lines, get us a goal? Uh, yeah, I think he can. And I think uh, um, it's, yeah, I, I think with Leeds' is middle in form at the moment, losing to Newcastle, um, they've got they've got a bit, a bit of time off now like us. But, uh, you know, can we come back refreshed uh, and, and beat them? Yeah, I think we can. So I think we'll, uh, I think we'll come away 2-1 winners. I think it'll be tight, but I think we'll just about do it. Yeah, I think Leeds' main problem at the moment is that they're just a bit toothless without without Bamford there. And certainly, you know, I don't know what Bamford's injury situation is going to be like uh, come, you know, the 9th of February when he plays, when they when they play us. Um, yeah. But, you know, he is ultimately their main threat and bar Rafinha, their only threat um, yeah. in terms of actually scoring goals. Um, as you say, James up front, it's, it doesn't... He's just not a he's just not a striker. I mean, he, he's ridiculously fast, and he yeah. and he's, he works really hard, and he's he, you know he's he's got you know great stamina, but those aren't necessarily traits you'd associate with a with a striker or a finisher. Uh, so so I'm I'm not 
I'm not too concerned about them as an offensive force. Yeah. Um, and then and then because their team's relatively inexperienced, you know, the likes of Gelhart is so young. Um, you know, players players like that, and 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 their their injury record this season has been just insane. Yeah, they've had to rely on. Yeah. They've had to rely on 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 players, you know, from from um, you know, essentially they're under twenty threes, their backups, their reserves to come in and, and plug gaps where there have been them this season. Um, that uh, that yeah, I I just I just think we're a bit more crafty than than them. Um, under Gerard, we're a different beast. I mean, as 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 we were alluding to earlier, you know, you know, Villa teams of old against that sort of pressure from Everton yesterday would have crumpled even under mm. you know Smith's uh, Villa we probably would have uh, conceded we just don't look like that team anymore and with the players that we brought in Dina as I say Coutinho you know we might even have Bentecourt by 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 February um as I said before lots of experience been there done that played at the highest level I just think we'll be a bit too strong for them um so yeah I I, I do sort of and you know at home Villa Park I do think we'll I do think we'll win that game um quite comfortably. And in a weird way, I think I think it might be a reversal of, of how they beat us last season. I think I think we'll win 3-0. Gosh, wow. Um that's that's quite a call. Uh, yeah, I could I could imagine a scenario where that happens. Uh Jacob Ramsey's the man for me. I think he might I think he might enjoy playing against that midfield, just bursting through like he did against Everton as well. It's just uh, God, that kid is just getting better. I just love the man. Um yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, they beat West Ham away last week, three two. Um, that's a really good result against a pretty informed West Ham. Even though I guess they just lost to United as well. But uh, mm. you know, so and that was a Harrison hat trick. So, like I say, I think if we can neutralize Rafinha and Harrison, I think we have a really good chance to get a, quite a good result against Leeds. Uh, that's the, basically the way forward for us, I think. The, the one thing worth mentioning that might either count for us or against us is is you know we won't be playing the, we won't be playing games uh, you yeah know? so in terms yeah. of match fitness yeah. that might be an issue but as far as I know Gerard has sort of prepped a mini almost like a mini preseason to keep the players fit yeah uh, and and ticking over uh, until that game so I you know I I don't necessarily expect us to have that drop off. Uh, yeah. But who knows? But who knows? You know it, that that would be the one area of concern I would I potentially have. Yeah, I think we might you, come into that game just a little bit rusty. But because um, you mentioned we don't collapse like kind of like we we did previously. But what, one thing we do do is we get sloppy, like against yeah. Brentford. That was a perfect example of that. You know we should have absolutely beaten Brentford. They've been in terrible form. Yeah, they were yeah, terrible yeah. against us, and we yeah. how we lost that. Is because second half we were terrible. So mm. again, it's just like can Villa start quick and can we can, yeah. can we maintain that form? Because if we don't, if we get sloppy, if we, you know, lose our way a bit, Leeds will punish us. So yeah, we we need to you know uh, Leeds' strength under particularly under Bielsa is is their is their is their they're, they're very energetic. They press, they run. Yeah. You know, they 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 harry, they hassle. You know, they they do all that. If we let them get off to a good start like that at Villa yeah. Park. Like, unfortunately, we have done in a few games. If Leeds starts strongly, then I think there could be problems to begin with. What we need to do if that does happen is nullify that threat early on, yeah. nip it in the bud, get the crowd behind us, and then just, just kind of squeeze the game a little bit, use that kind yeah. of experience that I mentioned to manage the game. And I think if we do that, then it will be comfortable, but we just got to make sure that that does happen. Yeah. I'm going to go on FIFA online this week and play that game. 
and see what happens. I would definitely lose to some kid called John 2016, <laughs> born <laughs> just after the Brexit referendum. <laughs> Leeds five villain. He was literally born with a switch in his hand. You know, he's yeah. been playing it, playing it since you know day one. Um, yeah. Well, actually, I'd, I'd, on the next show, I'd genuinely like to hear an update of how your um, FIFA Odyssey is going, frankly. Yeah. Just, you know, me and me and the audience, I'm sure, will be 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 intrigued to know. Okay, thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host, George Zielinski. See you later, Frankie. See you later, George. Up the villa. Check out our YouTube channel. Check it out. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's a few videos on there now. So if you uh, if you go over to our YouTube channel, have a have a watch. You can see Frankie in the in the flesh. Yes, he does look like an 18th century Baroque painting, but uh, <laughs> that, but it, that is that is Frankie Maguire. I can assure you. Um, and it is uh, it's goodbye from me. We will be back to review the Leeds game in a couple of weeks. But until then, come on, Super Aston Villa. Thank you.